Hey guys, welcome to this next episode of the Strong Dad Army podcast. This week, my guest is WWE NXT UK superstar Sam Gradwell, the Thunderstorm. Uh, Sam takes us on his journey growing up in Blackpool from when he first got introduced to wrestling and you know his journey of uh, going through all the training schools that he went through, his ups, his downs, his almost career-ending injuries through to getting signed with the WWE as well. Gives us a bit of insight into fatherhood and an amazing, embarrassing story. So stay tuned to the end for that one. You're not going to be disappointed, I can guarantee you. Um, make sure you leave us a five-star written review and make sure you've obviously subscribed for future episodes and you can check out past episodes as well. But just to let you know, guys, I do have a, a little freebie you can grab. If you head to the show notes of this episode, there is a link for you to grab my free fat loss roadmap. So if you're unsure of what to do to help you start losing body fat straight away, and uh, putting all the simple things in place, check that out. It's completely free. Just click the link and I'll send it straight to your inbox in your emails. So without further ado, is this week's episode with Sam Gradwell. Enjoy, guys. Hey guys, welcome to this next episode of the Strong Dad Army podcast. This week, my guest is none other than WWE NXT UK Thunderstorm, Sam Grabwell. How are you, oh, mate? Yeah. Yes. How's it going, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, I'm good thanks, mate. I was looking sharp as always. 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 It, it, dare not, it dare not define me. Yeah. I bet it's attention uh, at all hours. So do you, do you wake up with it like that? No, I wake <laughs> up with it like curled. <laughs> almost touching my nose it's horrendous and it's getting worse because i've been cutting it myself throughout lock throughout the lockdowns right and like with each with each diy haircut it's just getting further back it's getting further back along my cranium getting thinner <laughs> but high, but, just, but just higher because i don't dare trim it yeah so it's just an absolute mess i'm just waiting for someone to like uh, before long it's just going to be like one singular hair that someone's yeah. going to be able to just pull out in a match yeah for the well, end of that yeah, you better get down to the uh, to the barbers then, mate. Yeah. <laughs> right, mate. Uh, right, well, let's just uh, start where I usually start with uh, anyone that comes on, pal. And, um, you know, tell us a bit about growing up in your, your part of the world. You know, what were you like as a kid? What sort of, you know, anything interesting to tell us about growing up in, in your neck of the woods, mate? Yeah, well, uh, I grew up in Blackpool, so not too far from you. Um, I think we're only about an hour in the car away. Yeah. Um. I was, I've always just been, I've always just been a really like obsessive person. Like anything that I've ever been into, I've been ultra, ultra obsessed with. I've never really had any like just passing, fleeting interests. Right. It was, it was, it was really like even when I was a, even when I was a kid, like when I was into Power Rangers, I wasn't just into Power Rangers. I wanted to be a Power Ranger. Yeah. Like when I was at a dinosaurs, I wanted to grow up and be a dinosaur. Right, like, yeah, I, I was just obsessed with everything. So, like, when it came down to, uh, you know, when it came down to like getting into wrestling and stuff, like that was just that was it. It just, I think, I got into it at an age where it just stuck and never left me. Nice, yeah. Well, we'll... I was just absolutely obsessed. Like the first time I ever saw wrestling was you have, you have like the old VHS tapes. Absolutely, like, of course I do. Oh, of course you do. Yeah, like. <laughs> My, yeah, my uh, my granddad used to bring round. I he, he used to tape a film from Channel Five, 
for me every single Sunday, like whether right. I asked whether I asked him to or not. <laughs> and he uh, he t- he taped he'd bring a film around and I'd watch it. And when the when the VHS had finished, it'd flick over to whatever had been taped on before it. And I think like this film called Land Before Time, this cartoon about dinosaurs, right, finished. Yeah, dinosaurs. And it, yeah, and it flicks over, and all of a sudden Kane was making his entrance. Nice. And I was like, oh my god, like what is this? What is this? Like this man was just walking down to the ring, making fire going off everywhere. He had just the coolest music, the coolest mask, the coolest gear. And like his opponents just stood there in the wing in the ring waiting for him, like it's just the most normal thing in the world. <laughs> and I was just like hooked. I was just hooked from them. Yeah. So uh, how long ago would you say that is, mate? Like what sort of year you, you're going back to there? Do you think you that must have been wrestling? that was probably like 97, 98. So I was probably right. so I was probably only like seven years old, maybe. Oh mate. I was like 16 then. Were you? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise you were that much my senior. I am, uh, yeah, 40 this year, me. I, I, I best start addressing you with more respect yeah, at, the, yeah. uh, at the PC. It, yeah, I've, I've been thinking of saying that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm not joking>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, mate, so, like, um, so before this, then, were you, like, were you a sporty kid, like, being in Blackpool? Obviously, football's pretty oh. big in the town. Were you, did, did you play football or any other sports, mate, or oh, anything like that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No? I was... No, no. Um, much to the dismay of my father, who remains <laughs> to this day thoroughly, thoroughly disappointed in my existence. The, uh, <laughs> you know, he, um, the, he, he my, my, my dad, his brothers and his dad were just obsessed with sport. Like right. any sport, they would watch it. Like my dad's dad, so my granddad, uh, God rest his soul, he's a, uh, he would just spend his, every waking moment in front of the TV for as long as for as long as I've been alive he spent his every waking moment watching everything sport on the TV he'd watch you know he'd watch he'd watch the cricket he'd watch like non-league cricket just ev- everything he could find that was on uh, like football rugby golf and just absolutely anything yeah. and um he, he obviously passed that on to his kids my dad and my uncles and my dad passed that on to Try to pass it on to me. I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest of four. Right. Um. My 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 brother, um, my brother played played football at quite a high level. Um. Uh, my other brother played football at quite a high level. I think he could have. He could have probably. Uh, I think he played like reserves for Morecambe at one okay. at one point. Like even my sister, like this. Even my sister was more sporty than me. Right. I just I just couldn't couldn't kick a ball. I, despite how hard anyone tried to make me. I could not kick a ball in the direction that I wanted to. And I just, I don't know whether it was just uh, me having other interests or, you know, just having, it might've just been for lack of wanting, you know, I just, when you don't want to do something, you're not interested in it. You're not going to try very hard and yeah. you're not very fun to, you're not going to be very fun to play with. <laughs> so, uh, so, <laughs> mate, no, carry on, go on. No, so I, I just, I just was not sporty at all. I had, it, it was weird. Like, I did, yeah, yeah. I I had like a weird like ensemble of athletic abilities that yeah. don't like that don't lend themselves to anything other than wrestling. <laughs> it's like these are these weird niche things that only pro wrestlers are good at. I just seem to have all these uh, have all these things. Like I could do like while my brothers are like all playing football together, I'm just in the other end of the garden just doing some sort of weird backwards roll or something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
So uh, like not like not being involved in sport and things like that. Then as a kid, did, did that um, get you involved in anything else? Was it like oh, we, we like did that meet? I mean, you get you tend to find like our neck of the woods anyway. You get a lot of kids that aren't involved in sport. Or back when I was a kid, anyway, beginning a lot of trouble instead. You know what I mean? Was that what was that was that the case for there was you? A little or bit of that. Be a pretty good. Yeah, kid. There, there was there was a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, like, you know, my, my, my upbringing and home life was, it was a little bit tumultuous, mm-hmm. and, which I, you know, I won't bring the mood of the podcast down. That's <laughs> but, all right, mate. Uh, but, you know, uh, I did, I did there, was, there was a little bit of it. Like I did, um, I, I did act up a little bit when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I think for the most part, just, I liked to, I, I had a lot, I had a lot of friends. I was always popular. Everyone always thought I was very funny and I was always like getting into some sort of mischief. Yeah. But I would socialize to a certain point and then and I'm still like this to I'm like this to this day. Um sometimes I just like being by myself. Mm-hmm. I just like I'm I wouldn't say I'm introverted, but I think I've got a cut-off point when it comes to social situations yeah. where I just want my own space, my own noise, and my own head. Uh and exactly you don't really get that. Yeah, yeah. Like people, like there's there's sometimes like when we're at these camps at the performance centre, there's there's some nights where I just want to be in my room by myself, just chilling out. Yeah. And my phone will be ringing from usually, usually, usually Ginny or Courtney. Or anything I knew like, you were going to say Ginny. I knew you were going to yeah, say Ginny. Yeah, yeah. Normally Ginny, like... Ginny, Isla Dawn, and Nina Samuels will just pester me, will just just pester me beyond belief uh, to hang out. And it's no offense to them. I just sometimes I just need my own. I just need my own little, uh, my own little bubble. Yeah, just to chill and I'm good. Uh, but I think having that as like a, as a young kid, um, that doesn't always lend itself very well to like a team sport like football or rugby or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe maybe that was why I grabbed towards wrestling so much. Oh, I did box for a little while actually. All right, nice. I did box, but again, I think that follows like the same point there. Like, it's a one. It's like it's a one man sport, isn't it? It's something yeah. that you do by yourself. And I got into like I got into working out very young. I got into the gym and exercising, and that was through. So I would I would watch wrestling, but. When I first started wrestling, it wasn't very like sports and athletic centered. Yeah. It was more the attitude era. Cool. So it was more like Stone Cold driving random vehicles and pouring cement into Vince's uh, truck and everything. Um, yeah. uh, you know, like in the, the Undertaker and Kane and like DX. It wasn't that sport. It was, it was all entertainment. It didn't seem yeah. like something that you needed to be. An, an athletic person to do you just needed to be you just needed to be a bit mad I think that's, yeah. that's, that's kind of the perception yeah, yeah. No, I, I know what you mean mate yeah um, but I, I my first introduction to working out was watching the Rocky movies yeah <laughs> so I, I used to go to I used to go to Blockbusters rent uh, one of the Rocky films I would just watch it up until the training montage and then after that training montage was done the adrenaline would just surge through my body at such a at such a rate <laughs> that I would just decide to go for a run, but yeah. I had no idea like how to pace myself. So I'd just blast out my front door, just break out into one max effort sprint. <laughs> probably, <laughs> like, probably get like completely, like completely gas out, probably before yeah. I even hit the end of the road. 
and just slowly trudge back to my room <laughs> out, of, out, of breath, out of breath and just carry on watching the film. Oh, what a nightmare, man. But I know what you're saying about those Rocky films, man. They used to all, I was exactly the same. I think, I think I've spoken on the, the podcast about this before, but like there was a period uh, we'd come back from school, me and my brother, and uh, Rocky Four was always the one. I'm sure you probably agree with the training montages. Is Rocky oh, Three or best. Four, I'd say. It's the best. And uh, yeah, it was like we'd get home from school, the tape, because we only had VHS then, would be in place. You know, we'd, we'd rewind yeah, it every yeah, night, yeah. we'd get home, stick it straight on. And then me and him would either like wrestle, we'd have a fight in the back garden, whatever it was, just to it's get the, the best, energy out man. of watching it. It was brilliant. <laughs> that is, it's the best. Like, people don't know how lucky they are to have like YouTube and stuff and stuff like that these oh, days. Uh, absolutely, Pop. Very. Absolutely. So, um, so wrestling then, man. So you've said about where you were like, you know, you first sort of introduced, you saw Kane, you were like, what is this? But when yeah. when did you actually try it out? Or, you know, where did you go? When did this happen? What led you to, to giving it a whirl? So um, there was, when I was in high school, I think in like, so maybe like year 10 or 11, probably, probably more year 10, mm-hmm. um, there was... I think this was like when we first started being allowed to like use a computer in school or, or like use the internet, I, I should say. Yeah. And as soon as we had like a bit of freedom with internet browsing, like when I was supposed to be working, um, I'd be like Googling like wrestling schools, Blackpool. Yeah. And one came up literally just down the road from me. Wow. And I wrote, the, I wrote the number down on my hand. And when I got home, I rang it and... This guy, I'm not. I'm not going to say his name, but he's pretty well. Uh, he's pretty well known around Black around Blackpool for, you know, for being a bit of a Billy bullshitter. But at the uh, at, at the time, at the time, I didn't know that. Right. I rang him, and he thought he says, "Right, if you're really serious about doing this, I'll train you for five thousand pounds." Right. So I'm like, uh, I'm like, oh, well, that sounds like a lot of money, but I'll hear him out. Right, and he goes, but he goes, but don't worry, I make that in, I make that per match. So I'm like, right, okay, yeah, this this all sounds very legit. And he goes, and when when promoters all around the world hear that you've been trained by me, you'll be making that in no time too. So it might seem a lot now, but you'll you'll be making your money back in no time. Yeah. So I knew that my uh, I knew that my granddad had had like a little savings account for me for when I left school mm. that he'd that he'd intended on me using to get driving lessons on a car. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know how much he'd say it was not five thousand pounds. But I uh, I rang him and I rang my granddad and I was like granddad I need five grand. Like you don't understand. I, I need five grand. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like and he was like hey he was like I think he, I think he ended up just hanging up on me. <laughs> he was just like I'm like I'm like, bloody hell, I was giving you five grand. I know. Like, you just expected off. him to be like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but look, thank God. Like, thank God that didn't happen because no. the, the guy is the, the guy's a con man. And if I'd if I'd have if I'd have, can you imagine if I'd fallen for that? That could have completely just soured my entire experience on wrestling. Yeah. And maybe I'd have never, maybe I'd have never gone back to it. Mm, absolutely. Uh, so about a year or so later, um, I found a place in in Manchester, um, the Grand Pro Wrestling Training School. It was called Garage Pro Wrestling at the time. Okay. 
and they were charging uh, £10 a session, which was a much better deal than the £5,000 that this guy in Blackpool was, uh, <laughs> yeah, was, uh, was trying to charge me. And I got the train down. So I, I, I actually, I actually left, I actually left school. Um, I, left, I left school at 16. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like two weeks of sick form and just couldn't bear it. I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't bear being treated like a child anymore. Yeah. So uh, I got a job as an office junior at a stockbroker's where I was treated like even more of a child. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but at least, but at least I was a child with like money in my pocket. Yeah. So every, every weekend I'd get the train up to Manchester, uh, do a three-hour training session at the Grand Pro Wrestling Training School, uh, which was run by Johnny Brannigan. And they run shows about five minutes from your front door, Dan. At the uh, it was the Monaco Ballroom, Monaco, like my yeah. first match. Yeah, it's the, I think it's the Rose Club now, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, it is, mate. That's the one. Yeah. So uh, I started going. I started going down every Sunday, and it was just. I can't even explain how much my life and my headspace just revolved around this three hours every Sunday. I'd go. I'd go there, I'd do the training session, and the moment I got home, just the remaining six days of the week, all I was thinking about is what I was going to do the following week. Mm-hmm. I'd be writing down ideas. Um, I'd be like trying, I'd be trying moves on my girlfriend. <laughs> like that. It was just, yeah. I'd be, uh, I'd be getting out of bed at like 3 a.m. just to try like some wrist lock reversal or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I just can't, I, I just can't tell you how much. It felt like it just felt like what I was meant to be doing. Yeah. Like when 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 something excites you that much, and when something just grips you, like you've just got to, you've just got to chase that. And you've just got to do it, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, I had my first match. Um, I think it was I think it was February twentieth, two thousand and nine. Yeah. Um. At the uh, at the Monaco Ballroom. Uh, I wrestled the guy who he went under the name uh, William Gaylord, right? Which was a uh, he did like a he did like a bit of a a British tough gimmick, right? And I was like doing the I was like the polar opposite, like the kid from the streets kind of thing. Yeah, and we had a you know we had a really good match for the I I will say it was a really good first match. Like when I watched it, I watched it back recently, and it's uh like I did cringe a little bit. Right, you know some some of the things. It was, it's, do, uh, but, yeah. yeah, but you know, it, as far as first matches go, like it's it was not it was not too bad at all. Okay. And then you know your your first match rolls into your second, and your third goes into your tenth. Your tenth just rolls into your hundredth, doesn't it? Just I've just never really looked back. Yeah, nice. So tell us about the WWE coming knocking, mate. How did how did that come about? When did it come about? I'm interested to hear that, mate. Yeah, so um, what happened was in 2011, I tore my ACL for the first time, mm-hmm. and that was uh, that was again at the uh, at the Monaco Ballroom. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, been a blessing and a curse that place. Yeah, that's that's Wigan uh, for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was in a uh, I was in a tag team match. Um, uh, James Drake was in the uh, was in the tag match as well. Nice. Um, it wasn't his fault, though. I don't think. Anyway, <laughs> I uh, I got I got ta- I got tagged in, and this was right at the start of the match. Um, I got tagged in. 
I give James Drake just a back elbow, a clothesline, a drop kick, and then he staggers over to the ropes. And I just gave him this like dynamite kid esque that I've never done before, just jumping headbutt. <laughs> and as I as I landed, I just felt a pop in my left knee. Right. And um, I bent down to adjust my knee pad, and because something felt something felt off. It felt it, it honestly. It felt like my knee pad had maybe shifted or something like that, uh, in a really like uncomfortable way. And then I gave then JD bends over to to pick me up, and I gave him a European uppercut. And as I did, I twisted to throw the uppercut, and I just went down. Just yeah, I just went absolutely went down and didn't get up again for some time, and. I had to go on the. I went. To, I went to the hospital in Wigan. Yeah. That night, like in my full wrestling gear, everything. I got take. Got went straight to the hospital, and uh, this doctor, like he's when, I saw my knee was swollen. Like my knee had just absolutely ballooned almost instantly, mm-hmm. and this doctor told me that it was more than likely that I'd just sprained my hamstring and that uh, everything was going to be fine. And I was like, are you, are you sure? Like, are you, are you sure? Like, he spoke with like a very, very strong Wigan accent as well. It was very funny. Uh, I was like, uh, I was like, are you sure? It feels like it's within my knee. It does not feel like my hamstring. And he was like, uh, he was like, uh, honestly, pal, honestly, pal, it's your hamstring. Your hamstring's gone. You know, give it a rest. Give it a rest. You'll be re- You'll be right, lad. So I was like, uh, that's not a bad accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not bad, that. Like, I've heard a lot worse, that's for sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to the, I went home. Yeah. Um, like, just embarrassed at myself that I couldn't finish this match because, was, yeah, because uh, thinking that it was all over a sprained hamstring. And then the next day, when I tried to bear weight on my leg, I was like, no, I'm going to have to go to a, a Blackpool hospital there. Yeah. And they uh, they diagnosed it immediately. Uh, got put on the wait. Got put on the waiting list for uh, yeah. Wigan's Wigan's not doing so well for me here, is it? Yeah, not really, mate. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I went to the uh, yes. Yeah, so I got put on the waiting list for the ACL reconstruction. Had the surgery, and whilst I was out for the whilst I was out having this surgery, um, Robbie Brookside uh, came and did a training session at the uh, at the GPW school. Okay. And obviously, Robbie Brookside um, is a legend of the British wrestling game. Is oh, right, yeah. you know, um, and he was also like we. I didn't. We didn't know it at the time, but he just got a job um, as the trainer at NXT, and also uh, a talent scout. Okay. And at, when he came and did this training, uh, when he came and did this training seminar, I was injured and couldn't take part. So I was just absolutely wounded. And this was a source of just anger at myself for ages that I couldn't take part in this session. Yeah. Uh, so as soon as I was fit again, Johnny Brannigan, who's, I, I can't, it, so Johnny Brannigan's the head trainer at Grand Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I can't really like put into words the amount that he's done for me, like professionally and personally, really. Uh, he's been, he's been a friend, a mentor, um, in and out of wrestling. And he, he kind of came along at a time where 
in my late teens, like he, he came along at a time where I kind of really, I didn't know it at the time, but I think I was really screaming out for like an older male person in my life to kind of lead me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as I was fit again, Johnny brought Robbie back in for another training seminar. And I just, I went in, I just went in there with just the mentality that like, it, it's so mad because it, it wasn't a tryout or anything like that. It was just a training session with a guy with a lot of experience who had, who happened to be a WWE scout. But I went in there with the mentality that it was a tryout. I was going to get signed. I was going to get offered a contract by the time that I was uh, leaving that gym. Um, Obviously that didn't happen, but uh as Robbie was leaving at the end, he handed me a business card with the WWE logo on it and said, you know, well done, lads. Do us a favour, send us a couple of pictures, a couple of matches, um, and we'll be in touch. So I'm like, oh my God, this is the uh, this is the best day of my life. Yeah. I, I sent the I sent him the matches and pictures before he'd even made it to the car. <laughs> he'd uh, <laughs> you know, but then I didn't hear anything for like six months. Oh, God. Yeah, so when WWE were next touring the UK, um, Robbie was back over. And so I went up to his training school to do a session there. Mm-hmm. And after the uh, after the session, he said, I know I said we'd be in touch, but they've just signed a guy uh, from Ireland who looks just like you. Like, he looks the absolute spit of you, but he's got about 20 pounds on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now's probably not your time. So I thought, obviously I was wounded, but I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, I'll just put 40 pounds on then, you know. <laughs> you know? Who did that turn yeah. out to be, mate? Do you know who that was? Who was talking about? Who did sign? I do, yeah, I do. I don't think it's fair to, I don't think it's fair to say the guy's name, though. All right. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's not a. I don't think it's anything bad, but I just don't. I don't know. I don't think it's fair to say his name. <laughs> you no, know? Go on, carry on anyway. You know, if you look at guys that were signed around that time, I, I don't think. It, I think it's probably. Uh, it's probably obvious who I bear a slight resemblance to. Okay. Uh, but um, but yeah. Um, so that happened, and then maybe a further six months after that, I got an email inviting me to a tryout of the O2 Arena. Um, so there was, there was honestly, there was an absolute, if you look at the people that were on that tryout and it, it was just, it was just an all-star cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Like there was, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not being a uh, egotistical, including my, uh, in, including myself there, but I am an all-star. Oh, we do, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But there was, uh, no, I'm not. There was a, there was Zach, there was a, there was Zach Gibson, the Coffee Brothers. Um, there was a, there was Nathan Cruz, Joe Hendry. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm miss, I'm, I'll be missing people as well there. Uh, but there was just an absolutely fantastic group of talent there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought when I got there that I was ready. I, I really, really thought I was ready. I thought it was my time. But when I walked into that arena, and I just. I, all the cameras were on and you can see yourself on the big screen and everything. I just looked like a baby. I just looked like a child. Like, uh, I hadn't really filled out properly yet. Like my fate, I still had, uh, like 
I was, I was, I was, I was clean shaven. Like my head and my face, everything. I just looked so young, and I did, I did well at the tryout. Um, everything went well and everything, but it, William Regal pulled me aside and he said, "I think there's something there. Like it's not today and it's not tomorrow, but give it a couple of years uh, when your face hardens up." Um, and you get the get more, get a few more reps under your belt. Yeah, I think you've got I think you've got something. Um, so keep in touch. And he put me in touch with uh, a guy called Marty Jones, mm-hmm. um, who's an, just an absolute like pioneer of the uh, of the British wrestling game. Um, he put me in touch with a guy called Peter Thompson in Blackpool, who. He's just he's a really, really good guy to know around town. And Peter just Peter gave me hundreds and hundreds of British wrestling DVDs. Um because the, the British style and American style is very, very different. And the way when I when I when I started uh, training to wrestle, the way that a lot of us were being trained was essentially just impersonating American wrestlers mm-hmm. instead of actually really learning the British style properly. Okay. So Marty Jones kind of retrained me, um, rewired me to learning that British style a little bit more. Uh, the DVDs that Peter was lending me were all of like World of Sport wrestling and stuff like that. Um, so I could really like get inspiration from the British stuff instead of the American stuff. Because if WWE want an American, they're in America. They can just if they want an American wrestler, they can just get an American. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, it was it was going to work in my favour to learn how to be a British wrestler, mm-hmm. and I would keep getting. Uh, so William Regal stayed in touch, and whenever WWE toured over here, he would bring me in to do a little bit of extra work or to take part in a tryout. And one time, I was even the I was the demonstration guy at a tryout who I'd demonstrate the roles and the drills and things like that. And each time I would go. Um, they'd let me have a they'd let me have a match before like before the people got in uh, like just for just for the just for the scouts and coaches to see mm-hmm. and then eventually it was I'd had I'd had an argument with my girlfriend one night and I'd gone to stay at my nan and granddad's house just to, to teach her a lesson <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I I woke up. Uh, I woke, you know, I woke up about six o'clock in the morning, and I went into the. Uh, I went and sat down on the toilet in my nana and granddad's house, and uh, I checked my emails on my phone, and I'd got an email from uh, William Regal, right, uh, saying, uh, "Can you send me your number, please?" So I uh, sent him my number, and he immediately rang whilst I'm still sat on the toilet at my oh. nana's. <laughs> Um, so he rang me and basically told me about the first United Kingdom Championship tournament that was coming up and that he would like to offer me a contract a a developmental contract and he would like me to be part of the tournament I would be one of his picks uh, to take part and just as I go to respond my nana appears at the bathroom door (laughs) Going, Sam, are you going to be long in there? Your granddad, your granddad needs a wee. You know he can't hold it. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, so I'm like, shut up, Nana, shut up. 
Yes, yes, Mr. Regal. I'll yes, be Mr. very, Regal, very, yeah. yeah, yes, Mr. I'll be very, very, like, shut up. He can go outside. Tell Grandad to go outside. Mm. Absolutely. I would be interested. Yes, I will, uh, I will sign immediately. <laughs> uh, and that was, and that was how, uh, and that was how that came about. Nice, nice. And I, so, how long is it now you've been with the company, mate? Is, is this how long we're talking now? I mean, it's like three or four years now. Right, nice. Maybe, 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 maybe four years. Um, because I did the uh, so we did the UK tournament, uh, which went down well, but yeah. NXT UK wasn't a thing yet. We were just we were just um, WWE's UK signees, yeah, um, with no real home uh, to go to. Mm-hmm. So we'd uh, we'd do matches on the live events when WWE would tour over here. Uh, so it, it was, it was, so it was, it was a real crazy time because mm-hmm. I was still working a full time job. I was working at uh, a gas and electric company down the road from me. Yeah, um, I had this contract. Uh, I was wrestling in like working men's clubs and stuff like that at the weekends, mm-hmm. and then here and there I'd be wrestling at a sold out arena, like where Randy Orton's on the card and stuff like that. <laughs> so it was a, crazy. it was a really, it was a really like weird time of my life. I bet it was. Uh, and, and then obviously, uh, they had the second United Kingdom Championship tournament, and then NXT UK is born, and it was just—it was the busiest. I, I was on sort of the busiest stretch of my whole career. Mm-hmm. I'd so I was wrestling on—I was wrestling on the holiday camps where you're wrestling every day, sometimes twice a day. Yeah, and then I went from—I went from there straight on a plane to China. Did a show in China. Did a show in China. Came back. Went to the uh, first set of NXT UK tapings in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Wrestled two matches there. Straight back on the holiday camps. Did another. Um, did a couple of weeks in China. Came back and then in a routine medical at the next set of NXT UK tapings uh, because obviously I had the ACL surgery in 2011. They always do quite a thorough check of my knee. And one of the doctors um, said, "Do you have any problems with this knee anymore?" And I was like, "No, no, it feels it feels fine." And I was like, it, "I was like, it does tweak a little bit every now and then, but it it feels it's nothing. I can't work around." And he goes, "Yeah, um, it's just that I can't feel any ACL in there." So he was like, "We're gonna." Uh, he was like, "I can't unfortunately clear you for the oh, tapings no. tonight. We're gonna send you for an MRI." So they sent me for an MRI and my ACL had gone again. Wow. And you didn't even realise? I didn't even realise this time. No. So so I had to go for the surgery. And whilst this was all going on, like my contract was, my contract was coming up and I just thought there's absolutely no way they're going to re-sign me here. Mm. I was just like, I've got, uh, I've wrestled only a handful of matches for them. They've, you know, and now I'm injured, and I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be wrestling for at least a year at this point because yeah. it's the second surgery, which is a little bit more, which is a little bit more complex. They have to take, they have to take the graft from a different place. Okay. Than they did. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Mate. Was it like just a case of reattaching, or did they have to put something completely new in, like a, a year about the cadaver ones, you know, from dead bodies oh, and all sorts of stuff? I couldn't do the cadaver one. I couldn't. No. Do, I, I did. I got. I got offered the cadaver one. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, so for the first one, they took they took a strand of my hamstring. Okay. 
and uh, did it with that. The second time they took a strand of a patella bone tendon, and that's where like whenever I train with you, you'll you'll always hear like. I, I still get a bit of pain at the front of my knee from where that graph was taken today. So normally when I'm doing like a split squat or something like that, sometimes I'll just feel something down the uh, front of my knee. And that's normally when I'm asking you to sub an exercise or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so luckily they, um, WWE re-signed me again. Oh, great. That's good. E- even though, even though I was on the shelf, they, that, that was always one of the things that sort of meant a lot to me. You know, um, because I would I would have been well and truly screwed at that point. Like yeah. it would have been, I wouldn't have been able to get a regular job because who's going to take on someone who's can barely walk, is waiting for a surgery that's going to have them on the shelf for a uh, for a good while. Um, I wouldn't have been able to wrestle for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it always meant a lot that WWE yeah. provided that lifeline to me. Yeah. Like whilst I was out injured and whilst I was rehabbing, I never ever had to, I never had to worry about feeding my son and things like that. That's what um, I was going to ask, mate. I was going to ask: Was this sort of around the time was was your son due, or was he already born? Because I can imagine that that made it even more difficult, no doubt. So my son was, um, so my son was actually due. Um, when was he? Let me think. So, his mom got pregnant with him around the time of the uh, of the first UK tournament. Okay. Um, we must have been celebrating. Oh, it's a uh, we got a. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. So the tournament was in January, and he was born in September. Yeah, yeah but he, that sounds about yeah. right, Mum. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, so think things like that was that was that was also why I kept a day job whilst yeah. I was whilst I had that I had the contract for yeah. I kept a day job for around six months into my uh, into my WWE contract mm-hmm. um, because with rest with with wrestling you never know you never know what's going to happen you never know when the rug's going to get pulled out from under you so you know you've always you've always got to have that backup plan. And then when I realised that, you know, something was going to happen and I had a little bit more security and a little bit of money saved as well, uh, that was when I realised it was safe to kind of uh, give up the day job and pursue this yeah. full-time. And, and, and also there was there was also the thought process of, come on, I'm signed to WWE. This is where I've always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I need to give this my full attention and my yeah. full... Uh, like every ounce of energy that I have needs to go on this now. I can't be working nine to five, Monday to Friday, um, at this job that is just draining me. I was I was working at I was working on customer services at a gas and electric company. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one ever rings the gas and electric company to tell them what a good job they're doing, <laughs> you know. So yeah. when you were when I was just sat by this phone, just dealing with complaints all day, every day. Um, it, it did get a little bit. It's, it's very, very difficult to then finish at five o'clock and get motivated to train like a professional athlete needs to train. Uh, so yeah, um, there was there was the uh, the thought process was definitely I need to give this every, I need to give this everything I've got. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. So it's, well, and fortunately, mate, you're still in that position today, mate, and it's. Uh... 
all being well, it won't be too long until you're uh, wrestling in front of crowds again, eh, mate? Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Ross. That's, uh, that's the next. It's been because of the injury, because of how long I was out for. It's been it's been like three years since I've wrestled in front of a crowd. Wow. Get, or, get, or getting on for that. At least it's got to be two and a half years. Well, by the time it comes around, no doubt. No, oh, yeah, yeah. So, That's like, ev- everyone else is... It's been long for everyone else. It's been long enough as it is. Um, for me as well, like, I was I was out with this injury for nearly... It was it was for nearly two years. Yeah. Um, because, one, obviously, the, um, the surgery was more complex, which needed a year. And then there was a little bit of... Uh, because the because the NXT U camps, the NXT UK camps were kind of only once once every month, once every six weeks to begin with. It was kind of difficult for the doc for their doctors in the US to really work with me in the close way that they need to work with someone, and yeah. they they didn't have they didn't have so many contacts. Or like like now, they've got a physio based in the UK, a doctor based in the UK and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, they were just bringing people over from the US every right. camp. Uh, so it was very, very difficult for them to monitor my rehab the way they needed to. So mm-hmm. it, that was taking longer than it, it would have done otherwise. Um, and then just as I was about to be cleared, um, I broke my jaw. Which, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, uh, in in training. In fact, I remember this and actually. Then, it's just come back to me. Yeah, I remember this. I don't remember it happening. Yeah. I just remember you turning up at the camp and you were like, with yeah, a big swollen, that, yeah, with a big with a big swollen face. Yeah, I'm barely able to, barely able to talk. Yeah, that's the one, mate. I remember. And then, uh, and then, of course, <clears> a global <throat> pande- a global pandemic strikes, and we've. Uh, Obviously, we're not even we're not completely uh, out of the woods yet. So not quite, not quite. No. Well, we're getting there, mate. Anyway, so uh, but I tell you what, mate. I did actually put it on my Instagram stories that you were coming on here and uh, asked if anyone had any questions they wanted to ask. Now, we only got one question through. You know, I'm not that popular to get so many people yeah. asking questions. But this one guy did ask um uh, about your son he did ask like does your son like know what it is you do for a living I, you know does does he watch you on the tv do you sit and watch it with him you know what yeah. does, does he worry that you're getting hurt when you're on tv and that kind of stuff no no he's um he, he loves it <laughs> he absolutely he absolutely loves it and he oh, knows yeah. uh he's always he's always saying uh he tells everyone his dad is sam gradwell thunderstorm Yes, and he goes. Like, uh, he, he always, he always says, he's always saying, "You bunch of yogurts." <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, that's all. Yeah, and he's uh, <laughs> he's just started. Re- he, he's just started realizing, um, which I only I watched one of my matches with him today actually. Um, because when uh, after the after the set of taping, after we finish a set of tapings, mm-hmm. um, we will get sent our matches early you know before the air so that we can we can study our own performances and things like that yeah i watched what i watched one with him and he, i don't think he's ever realized before that i'm playing a bad guy okay i think and uh he was watching this match today and he looks at me and he just goes daddy you're being naughty <laughs> <laughs> and I, was like, and I just thought i, I just thought well 
if even you're realising it, then I must be doing my job. Right? Yeah, I must be doing it, my man. job all right, you know? Definitely, mate. Definitely. No, it's not. I like that, mate. I like that he loves it as well. Because it'd probably be very easy for some kids. I think if I was doing something like that, my daughter, my youngest daughter especially, be she'd be thinking I'm getting hurt and all sorts. I think she'd be terrified if I'm honest, mate. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, but then again, care. she doesn't give a crap when she's care. wrestling with me in the living room and she's dropping her frigging knees on yeah. the face. And <laughs> yeah. So she's not bothered about that. Right, mate, we're almost at the end now. So um, I do like to ask everyone, I get on the, um, on the you know, on an episode to uh, to drop us a bit of an embarrassing story. I mean, I know you've told us a couple of good ones about the phone call with uh, William Regal and yeah. granddad needing a pee and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah. you know, just to, for a bit of a laugh, mate, have you got anything you can share with us? Yeah, yeah. I've got a terrible one here. This it. is so. Obviously, we've um, we, we've not we've not we've not spoken about this much in in the podcast thus far. But I've obviously uh, diet and nutrition is a big thing in uh, in what we do, and I tried um, I, I tried to go on a, I tried to go on a certain diet. Um, I think it was um, I think it might have even been keto for a while. Yeah. And my stomach just could not handle it. Like my stomach was just terrible. Okay. Like the actual, uh, the actual just eating the meat itself was fine, um, but like the cream and the broth and everything just didn't, just didn't sit, just didn't sit right with me. Okay. And I went to, um, I went to pick Teddy, I went to pick Teddy up one morning on the um, on the tram. Um, I went to pick him up. From, went to pick him up from nursery. And so I get him, uh, and I, honestly, my stomach was going as I picked him up from nursery. Okay. But I was just like, and I, the thought went through my head: Should I ask the nursery if I can use the toilet? But then I, w- I was like looking through the door. I'm like looking at all these innocent children, looking at all the fe- all the female, like looking at all the female nursery staff, and going, "Oh, they'll be disgusted." And the tiny, be- <laughs> tiny toilets as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, the like, really small ones. Yeah, I was like, if I do what I'm about to do in this uh, in that <laughs> nursery, like I'll le- we'll have to change nurseries. So I'll uh, <laughs> so I, I can't ask them. My only hope is to get straight back on the next tram. Hopefully, make it to there's a Costa Coffee just off the tram stop. I was like, if I can just make it down the road to Costa, I'll just I'll run in there. And um, as it turns out, I should have gone to the nursery. So I get on the tram. I get on the tram, and my stomach is going. It's bubbling. It's rumbling, and I get to the point where I, we're in the middle of nowhere at this point, and I'm just like, I can't hold it. There is no way I'm going to hold it. I was like, I need to get off the tram. <laughs> like, there's no way. There's no way for me. There's nowhere for me to go off the tram. But if I'm going to do it in my pants, I'm better. I'm better out there than in here. Yeah. Not so. <laughs> I got off the tram and I've got a Teddy's there in the pram. He's got no idea what's happening. Like he, he, he's still, uh, I think he's about like 18 months at this point. He's just going, dada, dada, dada. <laughs> I'm like, shut up, Teddy, just shut up. Daddy needs to think. You know? <laughs> so I just got the pram and I just started running in a random direction. <laughs> and eventually I came to this, like uh, came to this like working men's club and I'm like, Oh yes, please, please, please. So I get to the door and it's locked. Oh, God. Like there's a, it's it's closed, locked. So there was just nothing else. There was just nothing else I could do. Okay. I had to just, I had to just squat down 
and just drop my just drop my pants, squat down, and uh, just and just do it there. And Teddy was in the pram staring at me, just <laughs> looking absolutely appalled. He was just going, "Dada, dada, dada, no, no, <laughs> no." no. <laughs> <That's even laughs> yeah, That's just, just this eighteen months old, just this eighteen month old baby, just going, "No, no." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that is brilliant. That's one of the best ones we've had that, mate. So I need yeah. to know though. So was this like at the doors of the working men's club or did you manage to find a little alley or it was it was slightly I it, it was <laughs> honestly it was it it was so unconcealed that it might as well have been the front door. But it oh, was uh, it was it was slightly round the corner in like in like a drain, <laughs> in like a drain. <laughs> so <laughs> some uh, some poor sod will have had to have uh, <laughs> will have had to have unclogged that, and oh bugger, they will have been fairly sure that it was not a cat, um, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, or a pretty frigging big cat, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with a bad stomach, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant, mate! I appreciate that. I like it that you're uh, no embarrassment there, mate. I like that. <laughs> no, 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 no shame, no yeah. shame. No, there's no need for any of that, right, mate? That's pretty much us done, pal. So, uh, before we finish up, mate, do you want to let anyone who's uh, listening? Uh, know where they can catch you on social media and they can they can check out your profile or you know where, wherever it is you do you think yeah uh oh, do you know what? i don't even know my handles <laughs> i think uh, i think oh, yeah. I'm gone. I'll yeah, get it give it, yeah give it me right it is uh, <laughs> it's uh instagram is sam gradwell one not the number one oh, i should have known that that was yeah that's easy yeah sam you were uh, yeah, get on, get on me on Instagram. Uh, NXT UK is every Thursday at uh, 8 o'clock on the WWE Network. Every Friday, 10 p.m. Um, BT Sport. Nice. Right. Cheers for your time, mate. I appreciate it massively. Thanks very much, mate. Great talking right, mate. to you. And I'll see you soon. Cheers, brother.